Jenny smiled. It's not about the paper, but if it was, I'd praise you. I think you got that story spot on. She dropped her voice. It's actually about your grandmother. Six months previously, Bet and Jenny had met for a confidential conversation about Lola. At the age of 85, she had started dropping hints to Bet that she might, not immediately, not exactly now, but one day, perhaps, give some thought to moving into a room at the old folks' home. For now, she had assured Bet she was more than happy sharing a house in the town with her friend Margaret. It was working beautifully, but just looking ahead. Bet had spoken to Jenny about it informally. Lola's name had, equally informally, been added to the waiting list. Bet had just as casually told her grandmother. Waiting list? As in I move up a spot when someone dies, Lola had said. That's the most sinister list in town. Who died? Bet said to Jenny now. Sorry, you know what I mean. I do, and don't worry, it's not about a room. She hesitated. Bet, is Lola okay at the moment? Bet thought about it. Okay seemed far too ordinary a word to describe Lola. She pictured her grandmother, tall, slender, straight-backed even at her age, white hair cut short, often decorated with a sparkly hairpin or an artificial flower or two. As for her unique approach to clothes, what would she be wearing today, for example? One of her daytime outfits, perhaps a leopard-skin cape with purple leggings and a jaunty feather-trimmed hat, or something a little more festive for midweek wear, one of her bright orange ponchos, she had two, worn with a vertically striped pair of flares. Lola's volunteer work in the local charity shop aided and abetted her wardrobe choices, but Bet was sure she'd have no difficulty sourcing the outfits from elsewhere if necessary. There had been a suspicious number of parcels arriving at Lola's house recently, since she'd discovered online vintage shopping. Jenny elaborated. How does she seem mood-wise to you? Just the same, Bet said. But I've only seen her briefly this week. The start of the week was Bet's busiest time, juggling her editing with sharing the care of her twin son and daughter with her husband Daniel. He worked in two jobs, as a weekend wedding photographer and a part-time production manager on a newspaper in Gawla, an hour away. I'm worried about her, Bet. She's not herself. You know I started holding these drop-in classes. Bet nodded. She'd written an article about the program Jenny had devised for her residents and any interested townspeople. Music afternoons, craft sessions, poetry readings. Lola's been to all of them, Jenny said. Without fail. For the past three weeks, she's waiting outside the activities room before I open the door and she's always the last to leave. Is that a problem? Has she been misbehaving, upsetting the other residents, insulting anyone? No more than usual. It's just not like her to be there all the time. She's always had so much else going on in her life, the charity shop, her friends, but now 
it's as if we're all she has. She asked me if there was any possibility of weekend activities. She suggested a poker game on Saturdays and a DVD night each Sunday. Jenny paused. Bet, I think she's really lonely. Lonely and bored and possibly depressed. Before Bet could insist that Lola wasn't any of those things, her phone rang. It was the office, her assistant, Sam. An urgent query. Was there any chance Bet could... I'll be there in five minutes, she told him. She turned to Jenny. Thanks for telling me. Can you leave it with me and I'll ask her myself? Of course. As I said, she's still a few people down on the waiting list. But if you think it's getting urgent that it might be time for her to come to us full-time, I could move her up a few spots.